there are <coughs> in practice of uh, meditation and awakening there are certain um, certain fundamental experiences that that everyone has uh, that are of a negative nature Um, but because they're experienced subjectively they always seem like personal flaws or (laughs) problems so we get sort of uh, slightly bashful about them but they're universal Um, and these are called hindrances and so you have to recognize that you will certainly experience these um, and to be on the aware on the lookout for them and know how to both establish a, um, a practice that where they tend to have less ground less possibility of taking over and if they have taken over how to, to clear the, their effect this must be our, our first aim in meditation practice, if we're aiming, you know, we have an aim. That this is the f- first kind of hurdle, if you like, first level of it. And it's said that uh, the Buddha says, "Well, <coughs> once one has done uh, uh, achieved this aim, then one's mind is malleable, supple, workable. Uh, you can it's fit for work, fit for the practice. But until it." One has achieved his aim, one's mind, one's awareness is not buoyant, malleable, um, supple, um, strong, fit for the practice. So this is a you know, first um, major aim is to get ourselves in shape. Hindrances uh, sometimes um, confuse us because they, they, are a, they occur in the form of First of all, specific instances called kilesa or defilements, which are more personal and topical. So you might have a defilement over belongings, you know, like I really like this kind of crockery, or I'm really obsessed with leather goods, or I like, you know, fine fragrances, uh, or I really hate um, this kind of furniture, or something like that. So because it tends to be topical. We don't recognize, well, here's the quality of ill will or greed or uh, uh, so forth. So the, the kilesa are much more uh, specific topics um, in which this underlying hindrance erupts. Um, and so we, we can actually not recognize the hindrance because we think, oh, I just really need, what I really need is a new one of these. Everything will be all right. Everyone has one. I should have one. Why not? You know, we don't recognize this is hindrance uh, because it's it just seems to be uh, 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 an event or an incident or a particular topic or you know what he did was really annoying that was a stupid thing to do silly nobody should do that we don't recognize the hindrance of ill will because somebody you can say well that was wrong what he did and we don't see the quality of ill will so this is the way that defilement or kilesa sometimes Make, we don't recognize the underlying hindrance where it, so to actually acknowledge a hindrance is the first is the first step rather than to, to sort of blame it on something outside or to or to project it externally 
And so in your meditation you begin to sense this because you see the various topics and the thoughts that can crowd into the, to the heart or the emotions that come up. And we thought, wait, 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 what's the th- wait a minute, what's the theme of this? You know, this particular train of thought, what's the theme of it? This feels a bit irritable, doesn't it? Or it's worry. We may not even recognize such a thing as worry because, oh, I better do this, let's think about that. I haven't got time to do it, I better get on with that. Mind you, what about this? What's so and so thinking? I'm not worried, no, no, I'm just thinking about things that need to be done. (laughs) Important, urgent things. So we don't recognize the kind of quality of the fluster or the flurry. So it's to, so when you you can run this this you know these words through the mind ill will um, sense desire sometimes ambition uh, seeking status or envy or covetousness mm. dullness certain lethargy and uh, worry and flurry restlessness and then a sense of doubt or almost an inner vacuity like an existential lack of ground don't know not certain always wavering and hovering because one hasn't actually got firm ground to stand upon and you can run those through the mind or then you can also run through the mind is the mind now uplifted malleable, pliable, workable, fit for work. And, uh, nope. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that right now. You know, it seems, uh, then what is it? What's the problem? And it might find it's unwilling. It doesn't want. It resists. It's, you know, it's cramped. And we call this ill will. It may not be that I hate everybody or anything, but there's some sense of, no, I don't want, no, I can't, why bother? It's a sense of holding back, there's not the willingness. So you can feel a certain sense of um, uh, lack of lack of uh, uplift, a lack of chanda, lack of zeal, lack of enthusiasm. So it, it, it may not be one is having considerable thoughts of hatred so much as a, as a general sense of you know, unwilling, slightly tetchy or grumpy or pessimistic. Mm. Mm. Why bother? It can be this, this cloud that hangs over a negativity towards oneself. Oh, I can't do this anyway, why bother? This we call this ill will. Mm. It's a stain. A sense desire. There's a sense of a hunger. Uh, we may think of you know, food, uh, belongings, um, sexuality, entertainments, something that will actually give us a bit of zest, a bit of charge. You know, so then again, um, maybe just something that we, we uh, you know, are looking forward to even. You know, it'd be a nice dinner tonight, or or Saturday night is movies night, or something like that. So that sense of, you know, a certain lip-smacking 
anticipation of something coming up. <laughs> and uh, this, you know, it doesn't mean necessarily depravity or you've got to avoid the, these kind of moralizing sentiments. Um, so much as just recognizing, yeah, I am quite keyed up about that possibility. And then, well, does this make the mind at this present moment, you know, malleable, pliable, uh, flexible, unbiased, fit for work? No, it doesn't. It means it's already, you know, hankering and pressing towards something. You can't actually fully come into the present where we are. It's something pulling me away from the present. Therefore, it hinders that possibility. Dullness, lethargy, means... uh, Almost like something wants, moves towards a certain oblivious state, a certain dropping, uh, not picking anything up. It's not the same as detachment, <laughs> you know, because detachment is actually a very keen, careful handling that unhooks attention from particular states to, in order to get things in perspective. With dullness, it's not trying to get anything in perspective, it's just trying to get everything out of perspective. It's a sense of so it's a it's a kind of like a it's it's close to ill will in a way. Um, uh, lethargy. No, 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 no go. No uplift. Um, restlessness, <coughs> worry, and flurry. Sometimes called that. Certain can't. Um, find any place to rest the mind jumps like a fly or water on a hot plate it just bubbles and hisses and pops around from here to there Uh, it can be everything from a a general sense of um, teeming thoughts and concerns and there's an emotional um, apart from the thoughts there's an emotional nagging that says, oh, and another one, oh, and don't forget this, and remember that. So every time that the, the thought stops from uh, a split second, something comes in and starts tugging the sleeve, and saying, well, what about this, and don't forget that, and remember this, and this is this kind of emotional quality underneath it. It's not thoughtfulness, it's not applied thought. Um, and what it, it does is it, it um, we lose a sense of real ground and, and um, steadiness, ability to be present, and uh, so these um, you know, one may find that this brings up topics that have their validity and are true and real and of concern, then one's always asked the question, but do you, does it have to be done in this next 30 minutes? Mm. Mm. Not, not to dismiss it completely, but this next 30 minutes, you know, is it something that you can just say, well, we'll do that? If it's not, then you can recognize there is an emotional nagging that keeps pulling these things in. And um, with that, it it always comes up with that emotional nag. There's a certain sense of, well, if you just be with this for a while, then you'll get to the clear place after it. 
just follow this for a while, and then you get to and you get to a moment when it stops, and then the nagging comes. Is well, what about this? And, uh, on the other hand, so restlessness. It can be a bodily experience of never feeling quite comfortable and fidgeting. Doubt um, is a havering, wavering, like an inability to commit, to just stay with this, you know, to... um, So... And there can be with that a certain sense of uh, uh, lack of confidence. We know we always feel we should have an idea. You know, how do we know what to do? There's a certain quality of of uh, daring, courage, faith that's required in practice. And so, if one always has to go back to um, figuring everything out and having a plan before we do anything this is called doubt because you can't trust your own your own intuition your own know-how what the clarity of the present moment we have to go back to some preconceived solution or idea and then we're just trying to find the right one because everything that's pre-cooked never actually fits in the present moment in meditation. In the the um, these are so important to acknowledge with some clarity and some um, sense of realism rather than despond and to know how to handle them is um, rarely is it any topic anywhere you can wisely reflect on these um, effects of these things that the ill will is not is the harm it does the corroding effect of ill will or sense desire or restlessness and worry about it just wears away your energies mm. but it's it, it's unlikely one can actually think oneself out of them because they do represent particular disturbances that are held in the body and in the heart emotional dis-ease uh, bodily um, imbalance. So when we use the four foundations of mindfulness, the body, feeling, um, heart, mind, awareness, and the mental phenomena, the idea is that the first three, particularly are specific um, places where you can witness the hindrances from and by referring to the healthy or the unfettered state you can redress the hindrance to put it simply if we're meditating from the body then you can establishing the presence of the body the sitting position or the standing or the walking 
or even the reclining, as we just recited, <coughs> free from drowsiness, of course, <laughs> which may not be so easy. And uh, the bearing, bearing bodily presence in mind clearly and uh, in an appropriate manner is one way in which we counteract the blurring and the dislocating effect of the hindrances. And fundamentally, when you experience the hindrance in a bodily sense, they all have a certain um, similar effect, which is the, the sense of the malleability, the pliability, the vigor and the strength of awareness is lost and you can feel it in the sense in the bodies that are flat, tight, contracted, pressed, driven. Um, you know, so the body itself tonally feels either some constriction, some pressure, some inner driven driving pressure or something holding it down feel flat and this dullness or um, seems very unstable and unbalanced mm. so example, ill will will tend to give you a slightly contracted um, state sensitive in a negative way that is everything makes us irritates us and the body feels kind of prickly tight in a way sense desire there's a um, kind of restless uh, hyper energy reaching out dullness you get the sense of a, almost like a inability to get a clear definition the body it was blurred um, so it's flat and uh, held in that kind of muddy state restlessness just um, the energy is spinning and jumpy and uh, doubt is a, uh, it, again it's rather like dullness a certain inability to, to really clearly define and feel and feel the, the stability mm. so one of the uh, standard practices is body sweeping which can be done in a general way or a systematic way or more a way that fits the particular requirement of what is needed so this can be we, with this you, may, you establish a focus on, your, on the body the whole presence of the body as we do when we, when we establish our sitting position you get the whole sense of it how the spine rises up, how the chest is, how the shoulders are, how the whole, the whole general feeling of, of balance and uprightness. And then you might start going to a particular small part of that, like the foot, one foot, and bringing up that sense of even thinking the word, where's my foot, or how do I know I have a foot? And then you feel everything you can about that foot, the heat of it, it's hot or cold, whether it feels tight or loose, whether it uh, um, feels 
um, any any sense of that, the general sense of it, and then perhaps even more finer senses of of how the um, different pressures in the foot, the toes, and you can take it right down to being able to distinguish the sensations in each toe or even each joint. But the detail is really um, a matter of what uh, you know, what the mind is capable of, and also at this particular moment in time, and then what's necessary. So we might start with something that is fairly, um, it's just basic, like the foot, the left foot is like this, and the right foot is like that, and you can you bring up the thought or the word my left foot, what is that now? And how exactly is that, rather than just the idea of it, well it feels there's a pressure here, and uh, heat here, and a certain pulse here, and that's different from the right foot, which is like this, so you, and the sense of direct application has a way of shaking off the dullness and the unwillingness and we're dealing with a topic that is neither something we feel particularly averse to nor particularly aroused by so it's a topic that's free from those uh, uh, possibilities it doesn't give room for a lot of ill will or or sense desire at least my foot doesn't (laughs) you know not that many people have great um senses are over their left foot maybe somebody else's foot might do it but not one's own so then if you have problems with this think of your own left foot or if this is too difficult you know, try an ear or your hand or a thumb or something like that so you can just name particular parts and the most obvious places are probably the hands you know the left hand, the right hand, exactly what happens there. And with this, you first of all kind of name or have that suggestion, then you really kind of wait and see if you can let that come in, the feeling of that, how you really detect that, and hold it for what seems to be a, you know, a reasonable time, explore it, and then you, okay, now the other hand, and then you might explore in terms of warmth or pressure mm, or pulses mm, it tingles, throbs, pulses we might experience in terms of how it um, connects to the, to the other parts of the body how the energy flows through the hand up your arm mm. and then when you do those these quite sensitive um, extremities the feet, the hands you might try the head and with the head it's more maybe much more um, delicate in a sense of awareness of this certainly with the head there should be beginning you begin with something like the feet and the hands because they're fairly um resilient in a way they're used to you know grabbing and tromping and stomping and 
seizing. So but the head isn't delicate. So before you begin with the head, you should, you know, have enough there to really know how to attend to something gently, with a mind bent on soothing and easing. So it's not a forced thing. So then it becomes much more like a delicate brushing and sensing, you know, as if you're stroking across the forehead, gently around the eyes, loosening the, the jaw. So both with the scent, both with the receiving of the impression, there's a, then you begin to develop a certain quality of response to it. And this is, you know, perhaps a slightly secondary stage of of sweeping, <coughs> which is a little more than just noticing, but now starting to having noticed the mind by that practice alone um, shakes off some of its its own biases to be a little more workable then you can work around places in the body that might need more care you're getting more empathic uh, response then we might you know work from moving up the back or across the chest (coughs) and gradually as you sense your way into it feeling through through pathways sensing the, the entirety of the body and then you can you can refine it down to quite fine details if you so wish but before you do the fine details make sure that the, there is the skill in both apprehending receiving and then responding in a way which is which is empathic which is what the body needs, what its energies really need it really needs brightening or it needs resting relaxing or it just needs gently handling to take away the tightness or the numbness or brightening for the flatness Um, we might also benefit from recognizing the, the, the movement of attention itself can be you know therapeutic or um or the opposite So the very movement of attention into your body is something that should be rather like, uh, you know, um, you know, a touch. So if you just rip around it, you know, handling it like you would a lump of meat, <coughs> poking it, or whether you can actually just sort of stroke into it, make your attention go from a small point to a large point, so you might focus on a, say a point in your, your back that's a bit difficult and just touch that and then practice widening your attention so when you widen your attention it's almost as if you're opening up uh, a place where these contracted or tight energies can then be diffused so you go from touching to a small point and then you widen and open you might find 
just widening from a point in your chest to all the way across your chest as a certain sense of of um, releasing and easing so that quality of widening attention the delicacy of whether attention presses um, penetrates which is quite sharp or whether it just gently touches and this again depends on how you sense the uh, your what what is the appropriate response to the bodily sensation so this is where we begin to develop this quality of malleability pliability and relevance to the work that needs to be done um, in practicing like this then one can also benefit from bearing the breathing in mind the breath itself is, is something that the body receives um, and it's got a lovely suffusive quality to it it can be quite clear and sharp but it, it also it penetrates and suffuses so we can in a way breathe attention through the body so sometimes picking up the mood or the sense from the rhythm of breathing and then sort of like breathe, trying to breathe your awareness down your arm from your side of your head down your neck and down your arm or from the head down your back to get the you know the feeling of, of grounding and earthing or from the base of the body lifting up breathing up through the belly into the chest for brightening so these are ways and means in which we can work on the foundation of the hindrances through attending to the foundation of the body